You're going to hear a story. You're going to read a story. You're going to speak a story. You're going to picture a story told by a man. Told by a man. A man who uh, sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay? Uh, the, the, the story is told by this man who uh, his back was his back was beat uh, and shredded, beat to a pulp. Uh, the story is told by this man who then from this beaten body takes this wooden cross and travels a road where he's uh, nearly naked in the public where all eyes can see. He's going to a, 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 a place where uh, he is going to hang on a cross and be nailed to the cross and they're, they're going to put a crown of thorns. They're, they're going to ram it into his head. Uh, soldiers are going to pierce his side. And so, so that, that, that's the story that this man is, is about to tell us. So I really want us to pay attention to this story that this man tells us. Are you with me? He is going to um, be buried in a borrowed tomb. He's going to be resurrected from death. He's going to, as we sung this morning, conquer sin death and the grave, he's going to uh, resurrect, preach a 40-day revival and appear to people, say, oh, no, it's me. Oh, no, it's me. It's me. And then he, his people are going to watch him, uh, not metaphorically, not symbolically, actually ascend into heaven. Oh, but wait, I'm also going to send you my spirit. So this is the man uh, who is telling the story we're about to hear. Sounds like he went through a lot, right? It sounds like he went through a lot. I, I, I want to call today's message, he has his reasons. He has his reasons. Say that to somebody sitting at your table. He has his reasons. He has his reasons. He has his reasons. And so with that, I'm going to invite you to stand for those who can. And we're going to read this story told by this man, Christ Jesus, out of Luke 15, 11, verses uh, 11 through 32. And you can read it in your big voice. You can read it in your softer voice. But read it and take these words in because we, we want to understand. We want more of his heart into why did you do all that you did? And not in a way that is uh, simply theological or theoretical, but in a way that impacts the way I live from this day forward. You with me? All right, let's read. Jesus told them yet another story. Let's read aloud together. Ready, read. Jesus told them yet another story. Once a man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, give me my share of the property. So the father divided his property between his two sons. 
Not long after that, the younger son packed up everything he owned and left for a foreign country where he wasted all his money in wild living. He had spent everything when a bad famine spread through that whole land. Soon, he had nothing to eat. He went to work for a man in that country, and the man sent him out to take care of his pigs. He would have been glad to eat what the pigs were eating, but no one gave him a thing. Finally, he came to his senses and said, read that again, finally, he came to his senses and said, read it one more time. Finally, he came to his senses and said, my father's workers have plenty to eat. And here I am starving to death. I will go to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against God in heaven and against you. I am no longer good enough to be called your son. Treat me like one of your workers. The younger son got up and started back to his father. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt sorry for him. He ran to his son and hugged and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against God in heaven and against you. I am no longer good enough to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Hurry and bring the best clothes and put them on him. Give him a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Get the best calf and prepare it so we can eat and celebrate. This son of mine was dead but has now come back to life. He was lost and has now been found. And they began to celebrate. The older son had been out in the field, but when he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants over and asked, what's going on here? The servant answered, your brother has come home safe and sound, and your father ordered us to kill the best calf. The older brother got so angry that he would not even go into the house. His father came out and begged him to go in. But he said to his father, for years I have worked for you like a slave and have always obeyed you. But you have never even given me a little goat so that I could give a dinner for my friends. This other son of yours wasted your money on prostitutes. And now that he has come home, you ordered the best calf to be killed for a feast. His father replied, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we should be glad and celebrate. Your brother was dead, but he is now alive. He was lost and has now been found. On your way to your seat, just tell somebody he has his reasons. Yeah, on your way to your seat. In the chat, you know what to do. You put that in there. He has his reasons. He has his reasons. He has his, he has his reasons. He has his reasons. He has his reasons. Amazing grace. How sweet. 
rest on us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to hear what we need to hear so that we connect with you the way that we are meant to. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. So some of you, this story is familiar. Some will call it the story of the prodigal. Um, I want to submit to you uh, before this wonderful lunch we're about to have. That although there are many things happening in this text, this text is about prayer. Okay. We don't, we don't see the word prayer mentioned anywhere in the text. We don't, we don't, it's not explicitly written. If you read it again, regardless of what translation you read it in, you're not going to see that word prayer. But when you look at it and you chew on it, you see this man, Jesus, telling a story about two people, in this case, their sons, who are having a relationship with a father. You've got the young one who is the prodigal who has wasted his life, and you've got this older son who is there doing all these good works. And when you drill down the text, you see, oh, my gosh, both of these people, both of these sons, neither one of them know how to relate with the father. Got to get it. Are you with me? This one guy, I, I, and this is just human to say it this way, if I had to give anybody props in the story other than obviously the father, I would give props to the guy that was wasting the money. And, and here's why. The young guy or the young son at least had enough of a relationship with the father or with God to ask one part of prayer is asking. Somebody say asking. So he has enough of a relationship to at least ask for something. He receives, and then he goes and squanders what he had. We're not applauding that, lauding that. We're not congratulating that part. But when it comes to a relationship, the younger son has enough of a relationship 
to at least ask. In comparison to this older son who is there just doing moral things, doing right things, is not engaging the father a certain way, and clearly has no joy. And so it's a picture for us of what it could be to relate with God and miss the point. To be God's kid, to be born again, even for us in the context of the Christian church, to have a so-called connection, but don't know how to use it. So I, I, I give the younger son more props because, Kathy, at least he prayed, Father, give me my half. And I'm going to go on and I'm going to squander it. But, but at least there's some kind of conversation. There's some, something in him that might know that his father is good and that his father is willing and that his father will answer the prayer. In contrast to the older brother who is up there just doing all this good stuff, and he's pissed about it. I'm doing good. I'm pissed about it. I don't relate with God, so I'm, I might be teetering on burnout. When good things are happening around me, I got an attitude about it. Oh, it's because you're not relating to the Father. You're doing good without God, and that won't last you. You think you're better than other people because you make right choices? No. No. Somebody shout no. no. But this is what this thinking, this is what this thinking is. And so I want to ask you this morning, how's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Because Jesus did all the things that he did for multiple reasons. But one reason is so that we would know this father. We would know God. We would know that this is the one with arms wide open who invites us regardless of what we've done or who we've done it with. He says, come. Come to me. I'm looking for you. I'm waiting for you. Oh, and you don't have to settle just because you blew it in the past, just because you've been up until a point wasting your life. It doesn't disqualify you from all the great things that I have for you. There could have been a lot of amens right there. There could have been a lot of amens. But if we're honest, it's hard to give an amen to wait a minute, I'm up here doing right, dotting my I's and crossing my T's. This person ain't doing nothing. And uh, he, he's been out there wasting your money. He's with prostitutes. He's gotten so low as to be with pigs, which for those of you who know this history, you know that's a big no-no. Come on, that ain't kosher. <laughs> and and he's going to get, somebody say, the best? Hmm. Hmm. Wait a minute. He's going to get the best robe. He's going to get the best shoes. 
He's going to get a ring. He's going to get a party and a celebration. What? That's why we didn't get a lot of amens right there. Because if we're being honest, there's something about that grace that just makes us nervous. It insults our self-righteousness. Oh, I want them to get everything they're due as long as it's bad. I want you to get every bad thing you deserve. Oh, but that's not God's grace. So we got to wrestle with it because that self-righteous parts of us, it stings us. But the part of us that says, Lord, here am I. I need you. We say, Lord, bring me that grace. I need that grace because without that grace, I don't stand a chance. But all that has to do with how they're relating with the father. Two sons relating with God or not. And their understanding of grace, both of them are jacked. And Jesus tells this story because Jesus has come to show people who God is. That God will bless people you can't stand. Because he knows what plans he has for them. He doesn't give up on people. He does not change his mind about people. God will grace people you wish would drop dead. This is real grace. Undeserved. Somebody say real grace. This grace is what rose Jesus from the dead. This is the grace that's available to every single one of us at every single moment of the day. What happens when you recognize that kind of grace is available to you right now? How do you begin to live once you say that kind of grace is available right now? I don't have to wait till heaven. I don't have to wait till I've dotted this I and crossed this T. I can just simply say, Lord, because you're good and your mercy, your grace endures forever, I simply come to you right now. If you've wasted part of your life, today would be the moment you could say, oh, thank you, Lord. I welcome this grace. I receive it. And I'm going to receive, somebody say the best that you have, the best that you have. I've made a mess of my life. I made some horrible decisions that I regret. But Lord, because I believe you, I'm going to receive your grace. I'm going to receive your best. And it's not going to be based on me. It's going to be based on what Jesus paid for me to receive. Jesus had to come because if he hadn't come, we would be thinking you got to do good in order to get to heaven. That is not how you get to heaven. We think, oh, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. Like I can earn my way. So what we think, Jesus had to come say, hey, guys, that's not the Father's heart. Those who believe on me, those are the ones that are saved. 
He tells this story because some people before his critics and his haters were saying to him, uh, Jesus, you're a drunkard and you're a glutton because you're running with a whole bunch of people who don't dot their religious I's and T's. And Jesus had to say, hold, slow your roll. Hold up, slow your roll. You don't understand the Father's heart. The Father is looking after people that are lost. How are they going to be found if I don't show up where they are? How are they going to know about this kind of grace that regardless of how they have wasted their life sexually, wasted their life financially, wasted their life in their career? How would they know that God is who he says he is unless I come and show them that God is who he says he is? You are my son. Thank you. So he had, to, he had to work with them. So he had to tell them a nice little anecdotal story so that they could see themselves and where they fit in it. Are you like this one at Bracet, or are you like this one who you you think because you so you know all this self righteousness that that you're better than people? When we're honest, we can see both of these guys in all of us. When when we're honest, but sometimes we can look and see, oh, I'm really trapped in a mind of one or the other. Sometimes you can really see that. You if 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 if. The idea that God would bless someone and grace someone who you think is undeserving. If that bothers you, you need to change your heart. <laughs> That's a hard message to preach. <laughs> but I'm preaching it anyway. Good for you. That sure is right. Because I'm looking, I said, Lord, help me be a good friend of the bridegroom. I just want to be a good friend of the bridegroom. I know it insults people. I know it insults um, our sensibility. But God is the one who gives grace. And for any of us who receive it, we get to flow in it. We get to live in it. And we don't do things because we're trying to earn. We don't do things because we're trying to be accepted. No, no, no. We do the things we do because he's done what he needed to get done. He said it is finished. You don't have to do things anymore. I cleared it up. I've done everything you need to do that would need to be done for you to be connected with me, connected with God again. Now all you do is just live a life from that place. Somebody shout, it's done. So that's why I do what I do, because it's done. I'm grateful that he paid the price I could never pay. And I want to invite other people into knowing this grace and knowing this power that changes stories and changes lives. Your Bible tells you in, in lots of different ways from Genesis to Revelation But New Testament really emphasizes that God has a heart for the lost and he has a heart for the worship of believer. God is always looking for those, the lost and the worshiper. Can you imagine God feeling in God's perfect way what you feel when you're looking for something that you've lost? Can you imagine him feeling that way about you? Oh, I hope it gets in deep. 
I be, y'all, I, sometimes I be losing stuff because I got five kids, I got all this stuff going on. And I got this thing called a tile, T-I-L-E. Anybody else have tile? I'm trying to get tile to help me, but I'm still. But anyway, you put tile on things that if you misplace them, then it'll, you can ping it, and then you can find where you left the thing. And, and, and this morning when you're looking for something, I just have been praying that you would have that sense that when you're looking for something, God has that kind of passion for you. Where's my wallet? Where are my keys? Where's this? Where is that? That sense of that passion, that desperation, where there's this, I'm looking for that which is lost. Your father has that kind of passion and desire for you. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it easy to pray when you know somebody desires you like that. I know why the writer said, come boldly before his throne of grace. Knowing that you will obtain mercy in your time of need. Because he's always looking for worshipers. He's always looking for those people who are feeling displaced. Who are feeling lost. He says, I am for you, not against you. And I bid you come. Yeah. Oh, it's easy to pray when somebody desires you like that. You are desired like that. Somehow when Jesus is telling us this story, we see these sons, they don't get it. But well, we know what that's like. We're knuckleheads. We know what it's like. It's like, uh, brother, there's a fire right there. All you got to do is warm you. Just get close to the fire, and you're going to be warm. Uh, well, I see the fire, but I still don't get it. <laughs> We're laughing because we know we live that way. <laughs> Pastor, I know I should be praying, but I'm not. It's like, okay. I know what I should be doing, but I'm, I'm not. I guess you're not in enough pain. It is what it is. Verse 17 said he came to his senses. And I've been praying that for us, that wherever we need to come to our senses, we would come to our senses and say, what am I doing? I'm better than this. Somebody say, I'm better than this. What am I doing? Scraps and trash, filth. I'm better than that. And how can you know? How can you know? Jesus went to the cross for all of us. And the thing I've been praying into us, praying over us, is that we would come to know that we are worth the price we were paid for. That we would know that. Oh. He gave his life for me. I must not be trash. I must, uh, I must not be disqualified. The man gave his life for me. What happens when we live in it? I'm worth the price I was paid for. The son of God gave his life for me. What? <laughs> Somebody say, I'm worth the price I was paid for. I'm worth the price, worth the price. I, was I was paid for. In all the things we see in the text, there is this emphasis on 
not having a relationship with the Father where we actually understand the heart of God. I was blessed by Nude's testimony when she saying she's studying the character of God. When you know who he is, you can know what to expect from God. Not, not in some weird gene and bottle thing, not this manipulative thing, not this whole weird kind of uh, hyper faith thing that people get into, but this real reality of a relationship of to say, wait, uh, I know who you are. And I know that you're good. And because I know you're good, I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. It sounds easy. Really, you can say it, Keith Wilson. But because I know who you are, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. So all these reasons Jesus would have, these Pharisees, these haters and critics are coming to have this conversation. You're a drunkard and glutton, blah, blah, blah. Jesus says, let me tell you about how the Father feels about those who are away from him. He's passionate about all that none would be lost. How do our lives look when we have that kind of heart? It's going to make you speak to people you didn't think you were going to speak to. Make you pray for folks you didn't know you were going to be praying for at the grocery store. You're going to have all kinds of moments where you're like, wait, I know how God feels about you. You don't know how he feels about you. Oh, wait, I guess I need to do the, like, Christian thing. Let you know how God feel about you because you got it all twisted. You think he don't care. In fact, he does care. He cares to the point where he gave his life. When we live in it, when we flow in it, all these reasons he's got, we're not going to exhaust it, but just enough for us to receive the empowerment that we need to continue to be who God has called us to be, real talk-wise, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I can be the grandparent, so I can be the father, so I can be the husband, so that I can be the business leader, so that I can, all the things that he's assigned me to, I want to rock them. Somebody say rock it. Rock it. I want to rock it. So I want you to say, I am, I am. one of his reasons. He has his reasons, and I'm looking at a room full of them. Every single one of you are one of his reasons. I am one of his reasons. I am one of his reasons. Let me hear you say it. I am one of his reasons. I am one of his reasons. Oh, yeah. I am one. So I'm not going to walk with my head like this. I'm not going to be saying, well, you know, you might want to get somebody else to do this, or you might want to do this. And these little phony excuses and all this little weakness. And no, you're going to say, wait, I know I'm one of his reasons. Yeah. If he's called me to it, he's going to give me power to do it. Yeah. You're going to call me out to L.A. and I'm going to have this big old family. I'm not going to doubt you. You're just going to have to show yourself strong and mighty. Good thing you have an excellent track record of doing that, Jesus. Oh, you're giving me these kids. You're giving me these responsibilities. I'm going to step to them with the power of God. That's some, some agreement or something right there. <laughs> when you're saying it in prayer to him, you say, I am one of your reasons. Try that. I am one of your reasons. You say that to him. You build intimacy with him. You build connection with him. You receive strength from him. I am one of your reasons. You are not calling me into something so that I can fail. 
on Easter, I'm reminded that you called me into it so that I could overcome. So that I could be a light. So that I could be a light. I don't know what you're feeling like your next step is. There's a lot of things that might be pressing in your heart. Um, I'm looking around the room to see, is there anybody in here who wants to begin a relationship with God now? Who has not already started a relationship with God? Amen. Hallelujah. I see one right there. Who else? Because I, I can't see because of the lights, so you might have to stand up if there's another. Okay, awesome. Sweetie, what's your name? V. I see you. Oh, you got your hair different today. I see you. Amen, V. Ooh, heaven is having a party over you right now. Heaven is having a party over you right now. Hallelujah. And then for those of you, maybe another group of you in here, you want to restart a relationship. You, you, you've been, you're coming to your senses and you're saying, I've been tripping. I know I've been tripping. I know I've been wasting my life. I ain't thinking about God and what he, you want to restart or rededicate. You can raise your hand or stand. Anybody restarting, rededicating today, like Miss Kathy did last year? I love that. Oh, come on, Anna. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, some of you, there might be another crew of you in here who, uh, when it comes to a church, um, you, you see how we're, we're, we're really trying to believe the Lord, like do the actual Bible thing, like you got to come tell testimonies and like, like it's real. It is, <laughs> there's no like, <laughs> this is like real, like, oh, this scripture says this, we're doing it by the power of God's spirit. Um, all people need tribes. You need a crew. Some of you, your next step is to, if you're visiting, it, 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 this won't apply to you the same way, but if you're here, you need to check bridge out for the next six to eight weeks. That's your next step. Or you need to say, this is, this is church. I give my commitment today. Any of those? Any of those six to eight week folks? Any folks who are like, bridge is home Bridge is already home. Amen. Amen. But I'm talking about the new folks. Come to your senses. The thing I love the most about uh, the text is we're just one thought away from a right decision. We say, I'm living beneath. I got to stop living beneath. For some of you, I'm, I'm not going to bother you too much, but uh, uh, for some of you, oh, Lord, I'm going to pull it back. stay very disciplined um and then some of you you have not gone um public with your faith Vinny, next week we have water baptism and so if it fits your schedule we want you to be here so we can water baptize you water baptism is the way that we say and express i made an inward decision and now i'm going public 
I'm saying that Jesus is Lord and I identify with the body of Christ in the world today and all the ages past. Jesus said, go into the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if that's your next step, you haven't been water baptized, but you're ready to go public with your relationship, uh, that happens next Sunday. Uh, now it's bidding. Now we're going to have three Three people who are uh, being water baptized. And so we're looking forward to that time so you know what's coming here uh, next Sunday. But if, is there anybody else that needs to be water baptized? Was your praying and your uh, leading people to Christ, please uh, just let us know. You can email jasmine at pasadenabridge.org um, to get signed up for water baptism. I don't know where you need to come to your senses, but I tell you, I'll tell you several things. You need to tell somebody else, you know what, I came to my senses. Because some of you are tripping because you ain't had enough date nights. Yeah. And when you don't have those date nights, it means a whole bunch of things for unhealthy marriage. I don't want to see no, no, no more divorce in the church. Do I get a, can I get a better amen than that? So some of you are like, I've been neglecting what is important, and it's going to bite me in the butt. You can see it today. Some of you, you're in a cycle. You're living paycheck to paycheck. Oh, y'all didn't like that. What's your management? What are you saying to God? Paycheck to paycheck is okay for a season, for a season of life. That's not supposed to be where you live your life. I should have got a lot of amens right there. Amen. Somebody say, come to your senses. Come to your senses. Yeah, I love this. There's this thing right now you're going to be hearing more people are saying, I got to get this health thing under control. There's, I'm carrying too much fat. It's going to come up and sneak up on me. It's killing me. Come to your senses, wherever it is. There is power available to do right. That's what grace is. I just don't think I have the strength. God said, I'll give you power. I told you to be healthy. Now I'm going to give you the grace to be healthy. <laughs> don't you love that about him? He don't ever send you out there. Oh, go do this. And don't, don't give you no power to do it. He said, everything I've called you to do, I'll give you power to do it. I'll give you grace to do it. I'll never leave you or forsake you. <laughs> I love that about him. I love you. Powers me. I'm never alone. I'm never alone. So you need to tell somebody. Some of you are going to want prayer after this last song. Worship team, come on and come. You want to tell somebody. You're going to pray into this. And you're going to make decisions that support. You're going to make choices that support whatever decision you're coming to in terms of he came to his senses. She's come to her senses. Now I just make decisions and I talk with people about, huh, well, what would it look like? Okay, well, I live this, well, this is how I'm going to do church. Or this is how I'm going to do children's church. Or this is how I'm going to do this. Or this is how I'm going to do that. This is how I'm going to get out of this. I need to take a financial class. You want to take one with me? All those kind of things. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is our firm foundation. Some of you are, might be writing notes. Some of you might be praying. Uh, 
I want to invite those of you who are free to stand and worship. We're going to celebrate that the Lord is our sure foundation, our firm foundation, that our God is a rock. He's a rock, and he's causing us to be like him, immovable, steadfast, abounding in every good work. Oh, we just want to be like you, Jesus. We just want to imitate you. Help us, Lord, when things around us are shifting. Help us to remain unshaken, unshakable in your unshakable kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. You guys in place? Awesome. So I invite you to stand. For some of you, you might want to receive prayer. I know myself, uh, Pastor Mia, others will be out to the sides. If you just want to receive prayer as the team is leading us in worship, then I'll come right back up and share some uh, next steps.